0: Hello and welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter and today is day 13 where we continue our journey by taking a look at Joseph's role as father, foster father of the Son of God. Pray for us is what we'll re- reflect on. And we're also going to take a look at Joseph's virginity. We were looking at Mary's virginity yesterday and we continue with um. Yeah, another look at Joseph. What did that look like? What did their marriage look like? And is there any consideration that he had taken a vow of virginity? We've got a lot to get into, but let's pray first. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The hymn to St. Joseph. O Joseph, heavenly hosts, your worthiness proclaim, and Christendom conspires to celebrate your fame. You who in purest bonds were to the virgin bound, How glorious is your name renowned! You when you did behold your spouse about to bear, Were sore oppressed with doubt, Were filled with wondering care, At length the angel's word your anxious heart relieved, She by the Spirit had conceived. You with your newborn Lord did seek far Egypt's land, As wandering pilgrims you fled o'er the desert sand, That Lord when lost by you is in the temple found, While tears are shed and joys abound not till death's hour is past to other men obtain, the gain of holiness and glorious rest attain. You, like two angels made, in life completely blest, now clasp your God unto your breast. O Holy Trinity, your suppliant servant spare, grant us to rise to heaven for Joseph's sake and prayer, and so our grateful hearts to you shall ever raise, exalting canticles of praise. Amen. And our prayer to St. Joseph, patron of chaste souls. St. Joseph, father fa- Saint Joseph, father and guardian of virgins, into whose faithful keeping were entrusted innocence itself, Christ Jesus and Mary, virgin of virgins, I pray and beseech thee through Jesus and Mary, those pledges so dear to thee, to keep me from all uncleanness and to grant that my mind may be untainted, my heart pure and my body chaste. Help me always to serve Jesus and Mary in perfect chastity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well, I'm so glad to be with you again today on this 13th day of our preparation for consecrating ourselves to Jesus through St. Joseph. And today I wanted to take a look first at considering what it means to call Joseph a foster father, Uh, And then to take a look at the marriage between Mary and Joseph, especially its virginal nature. And if we can intuit anything about that, therefore, about Joseph possibly taking a vow of virginity. So first, this petition, this title of being a foster father. Is that the best title? Is that what we want to say here? Right. It's interesting because there are a lot of different titles that are thrown around. Um, that Joseph is the legal father, he's the putative father, he's the spiritual father, he's the virginal father, or again, a foster father. And we see that adoptive father isn't quite true in this, and this isn't an adoption from outside of the relationship. It it comes from within the relationship, and yet it's not of him. Matthew's genealogy makes that very clear as it goes through this entire lineage from uh starting with Abraham through David, and then coming down to Joseph. And it's all of the men who are fathering, fathering, fathering. But as soon as you get to Joseph, um, it, sorry, it's first Jacob, the father of Joseph, who was betrothed to Mary, of whom was born Jesus, the Christ. And so we have this direct lineage until we get to Joseph. And then it kind of sidesteps. And for the first time in this whole genealogy, we realize Jesus comes through Mary, from a different father, the father, from whom all fatherhood comes, right? And so, lest we think that this is um, maybe anything to distance Joseph from Jesus, if we look throughout the scripture references, I think we see something much more endearing, especially as Jesus starts taking on his public ministry. And I was just thinking about this a little bit and all the different ways that uh, I look up to my dad, and thinking about different ways that people who know my family are able to see um, similarities between me and him, whether it's the way I look, the way that I talk or things that I do. And they're so just thinking about that in the, the background of Jesus comes on the scene. And one of the first questions that comes up, this is in Matthew thirteen fifty five is, wait, Jesus, isn't he the carpenter's son? Like all these incredible things. And yet like, wait, I, we know his dad. He, he's the carpenter, right? Maybe a little bit more endearing is Luke 4.22 is, wait, isn't this Joseph's son? Right? This is just after one of his um, great teachings, you know, um, as he kind of comes on the scene for the first time and the connection, wait, we know his dad. In John 6.42, a similar question. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? So there's a very clear connection that Joseph's father is Joseph. And, and that's just a, a beautiful thing, right? And so foster father is a very common title, but in scripture, we see father most commonly to capture Joseph's relationship to Jesus. I appreciate in the Latin for this petition, instead of foster father, the son of God, it's fili de nutricie, nurturer of the son of God. That Joseph, the fatherhood that he captures, embodies, is one of nurturing. I was thinking about this a little bit, just with my own relationship with, with my dad, who I just admire and look up to a whole lot. And I could show you a bunch of stories about my dad, but this one conversation sticks out in my mind whenever I was, I believe, just maybe in eighth grade, ninth grade. And at this point, sports were just consuming my mind and life. And I remember... Uh, staying up late one night and just kind of dreaming about basketball and he came in to to talk me in and he could probably see that my imagination was just wandering i was you know just dreaming about being the next michael jordan and um he was there and he was just talking to me and instead of settling me down he was getting me excited because he was just affirming me he was just seeing who I was and how hard I was working and whatever abilities I had naturally or that I was working towards. Then he said this line. He said, "Adam, I just really believe if you put your mind to it, the sky's the limit." And it's just such a simple thing, right? But I, I have to tell you, as like a twelve, thirteen-year-old, it just meant the world to me. I was just like freed in this sense to consider the sky as being the limit as opposed to. The next guy that I was competing against or the other team, it was just, I was free because I had this affirmation from my dad to truly nurture that within me. And just thinking about Joseph doing that to Jesus, St. Peter Julian Amard says this, To Joseph, God the Father surrendered, so to say, his rights over his son, this is, this is amazing. If we can suppose the case of a conflict of commands between Saint Joseph's and God the Father's, our Savior would have obeyed the former, for God had invested Saint Joseph with authority over his son. The divine economy required that Joseph be Joseph's required that Jesus be Joseph's dutiful and submissive son. And this sends angels into a, a tizzy of just admiration and amazement that jo- Joseph would command Jesus and Jesus would dutifully obey Joseph. And, but I was just thinking about that in the sense of nurturing, not in a restricting and controlling, but in a nurturing and empowering and freeing of affirming who you are and all of your goodness and all of the ways that the heavenly father has planned for you to be faithful and obedient and offer your life for the redemption of the world that that would come through Joseph's nurturing. Okay. How about our second point about Joseph being a virgin? And this has to do with the relationship between Joseph and Mary and considering Mary's perpetual virginity, this teaching that we went over yesterday, um, And here's this amazing thing that I want to share with you today, that there are scriptural roots for Mary actually taking a a vow of virginity. This wasn't just something that was special and unique only to her, but no, this was actually a somewhat common practice, common enough that it was actually spelled out in, in scripture how this was to take place, especially whenever one who had taken a vow of virginity was then Um, to interact with her husband. Here's Numbers chapter 30, verses six to eight. And if she is married to a husband while under her vows, and by vows here means of denying herself in this period of sexual abstinence. So while under her vows of sexual abstinence or any thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she has bound herself and her husband hears of it, and says nothing to her on the day that he hears, then her vows shall stand, and her pledges by which she has bound herself shall stand; but if on the day that her husband comes to hear of it he expresses disapproval, then he shall make void her vow which was on her, in the thoughtless utterance of her lips by which she bound herself, and the Lord will forgive her. End quote so uh a couple things to consider here um maybe first before the first is just uh it's an interesting it's the scenario is a little bit removed from what most of us could imagine, right can we imagine being a being a spouse and hearing that your spouse has taken a vow of virginity and you're hearing about it for the first time and it's like you did what but this is the scenario and it, obviously implies that this was happening. And so here's the prescriptions for how you can respond. If you hear that your spouse has taken a a vow of virginity and you say nothing, then you are implicitly accepting it and the vows stand. But, and I guess this is specifically for a husband hearing of it. If the husband hears of it and he objects, then the vows are now canceled, nullified, which is like, okay, right? Fair enough. You hear about it and you're not pleased. Okay, we're not doing that. But consider that if the husband hears of it, says nothing and accepts the vows of virginity, then they stand in perpetuity, right? That it wouldn't just be for a time, but the understanding was that then it would stand perpetually. So consider now, if Mary had taken a vow to deny herself, coming from Numbers chapter 30, verses 13, and her legal husband, Joseph, hears of the vow and says nothing, then the vow not only stands, but she's actually bound by the Torah to keep it perpetually. Matthew says, Joseph took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son. Remember what until means until it simply designates a period of time. It implies nothing about what happens after I will be with you always until the end of time. (laughs) And then I'm done. No, Jesus says, I'll be with you always until the end of time which just means in this period from now until the end of time, I'll be with you. It implies nothing about afterwards. If anything, we know Jesus will still be with us. So because they did not consummate the marriage on their wedding night, which is what that means. He, that um, he knew her not until she had borne a son. So they did not consummate the marriage on their wedding night. This implies very clearly that he accepted her vow of virginity. So this is beautiful, right? I, I'm just learning about this. This is a scripturally based defense of, not just Mary's virginity in and through marriage, but how Joseph was brought into it as well and actually accepted it under the law of the Torah. And because he is a just man, we know that he kept it. So third and finally, why would Joseph accept such an arrangement? Is he crazy? We can say this, the Bible doesn't say. And Father Calloway presents a lot of different um explanations, saints, popes, spiritual insights that would lead us to think that um, it did happen through a vow of virginity that Mary had taken. But before we get there, consider some scriptural possibilities. That Joseph accepts this arrangement because he recognizes the holiness of Mary, who was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, right? And just to go with some Old Testament typology, that if he's able to understand this Holy Spirit dwelling upon Mary, then he's able to see in Mary a new Ark of the Covenant. An, an Ark of the Covenant that even a Levite wasn't allowed to touch it and still live, right? That the Holy Spirit would overshadow Mary as even seeing her as being a new temple that even the priests could not enter without first themselves obtain, abstaining from sexual activity. So that he would see in the purity of Mary, this new ark, this new temple, this new dwelling place of God that I myself have to engage in a purity, total purity of mind, soul, and body. That being said, it's interesting to consider that Joseph himself would have already taken a vow of virginity, and this would have been a little bit easier to take. And so it's, it's actually this virginal Mary of Joseph and Mary. That is the grounding, is the foundation for considering that Joseph himself would have taken a vow of virginity. And the argument here is really one of fittingness. So not that it's explicitly that this says this and this says this and he did that. Um, it's that it's fitting. It's fitting that Mary in the unique gift of who she was as the pure and immaculate mother of God, that she'd be married away to one for whom she would have no fear of losing her virginity. That makes sense in the the plan, in the providence of God that she would be given away. Father Calloway says this, quote, in St. Joseph, Mary experienced a perfect reflection and mirror of God's love for her. When Mary met St. Joseph, she knew that God had chosen him to be her loving and beloved husband. Trusting in God's plan, she fell in love with St. Joseph and gave him her heart. Mary's body was revered for God, but she had the freedom to give her heart to Saint Joseph, the only man worthy of her, the only man perfectly reflecting the pure love of God. Quote. So beautiful as beautiful as that is, right, that um, Mary in the purity of her body that was given over to God, she was free to know that Joseph in his purity was going to protect her virginity. And it was actually in that, that Mary had the freedom to give Joseph her heart. In a true marriage. This wasn't half a marriage. This is a full marriage of a total gift of self. An interesting connection that Thomas Aquinas makes is that Jesus on the cross, when he has the opportunity, the duty to find Mary after St. Joseph. The virgin husband has passed away for Jesus to find Mary a fitting caretaker one to love her and cherish her he finds another virgin John the beloved at the foot of the cross and entrusts his virgin mother to the virgin disciple and in that we just see an, another connection right again of fittingness but it's right and just so what do you think <laughs> what do you think I, I remember hearing about this for the first time um, it's a lot to, to take in, especially considering jo- it's, it's enough to consider Mary as being this perpetual virgin and just this incredible gift and miracle and response of faith. But then sometimes we just think Joseph or we're tempted to think Joseph was just kind of dragged along or like pushed to the side so he wouldn't get in the way. But this is a consideration that Joseph was integrally a part of this relationship of who Mary was and protecting her and encouraging her and empowering her to continue to give her entire self to God in this marriage and in this role that she had as being the mother of God. I believe that this man, St. Joseph, was adorned with the most pure virginity, the most profound humility, the most ardent love and charity towards God. End quote, says St. Bernardine of Siena. And one last quote, we'll close with this, is from St. Francis de Sales. Joseph is nothing else than a mighty rampart about the Blessed Virgin to help her purity preserve its marvelous integrity in the protecting shadow of holy marriage. He is the incorruptible wood with which the door of the great king must be reinforced. This is a reference to the Ark of the Covenant, the incorruptible wood, as the Holy Spirit says in the canticle. In a word, God gave him to Mary as companion of her purity. For that reason, he had to surpass all the saints and even the angels and the cherubim in this beautiful virtue of virginity, End quote. So we see in that, right, just this reality of Joseph being an integral part of the protecting of Mary's virginity. And it's actually in that love, we have almost a convent in Nazareth of these three virgins of Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And in perfect, pure, chaste love, they were able to glorify God and just be this incredible witness of joy, of a fullness of love that only God can give. With that, let's close with our, our prayers. We pray the litany of St. Joseph in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord have mercy Lord have mercy Christ hear us Christ graciously hear us God the Father of heaven have mercy on us God the Son Redeemer of the world have mercy on us God the Holy Spirit have mercy on us Holy Trinity one God have mercy on us Holy Mary pray for us Saint Joseph pray for us noble offspring of David pray for us light of patriarchs pray for us spouse of the mother of god pray for us chaste guardian of the virgin pray for us foster father of the son of god pray for us zealous defender of christ pray for us head of the holy family pray for us joseph most just pray for us joseph most chaste pray for us joseph most prudent pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen. pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and Prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is a gift to be with you. I'm grateful and uh, truly honored to be able to, to share these reflections. I pray and hope that they're helpful for you. If you found them enjoyable, helpful, beneficial, please um, like, share this video, comment, tell me how you're doing, any questions about this uh, this twofold virginity. Could you get th- say threefold between them? Would love to hear how you're doing. Um, let's keep each other in prayer. God bless you. Look forward to being with you tomorrow. In St. Joseph, pray for us.